I think one of the, the best things that I started to do is to really make sure I get really good input from my team. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited about today's guest and the conversation that we have. And today we are talking to Sharon Bondurant, and she is a multi-award winning owner of Arizona's leading tech and HR recruiting firm. So obviously we had a lot of things in common to talk about. She's living proof that passion, persistence, and positivity pay off. She started her business in 1998 when her firstborn son inspired her to launch her company from her bedroom floor with a fax machine, a phone book, and a stack of index cards. I'm so impressed by the business she's built and how long she's sustained this entrepreneurial journey. Over the course of the next 20 years, she organically grew the firm to a twice-named Inc. 5000 firm, and she's helped over 5,000 people pivot to work that they love. The company's brought in over $40 million to date and continues to be a white-glove source in the recruiting world. Over the last three years, she went through her own personal pivot by restructuring her business to create more flexibility for her and her team, and she started a recruiter coaching business, became a real estate investor, found love, and launched a podcast appropriately called How to Pivot. Her podcast showcases inspiring entrepreneurs, interesting career ideas that might be worth a pivot, and sprinkles a bit of her own personal pivot. The inside scoop on growing a recruiting firm and lessons she's learned being a business trailblazer. I loved our conversation. She provided so many great tips and tricks, not only for recruiting and actual interviewing and what she uses to make sure she finds the best candidates, but also how she's gone through the leadership journey of hiring people, replicating herself and other recruiters, and just provides a wealth of knowledge. So I'm so excited. Now let's dig in. Well, hello and welcome back to the show. And Sharon, I'm so excited that you're here and that we get to jam out about some really similar topics to where I live and do work all day, but you are definitely like leaps and bounds ahead of me in in your business journey. And so I can't wait to dive into um, what it's been like for you growing a recruiting business so that I can not only help myself selfishly, but also so that we can help other people who are growing whether it's an agency in recruiting or any other type of a a business, truly. So thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. I'm so excited to be on, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's start out by giving listeners just a quick overview of your experience, what you do, and what your business is. Absolutely. So I started out, I've been in the recruitment industry for 27 years actually. I always, when I say that, I always date myself. Um, well, looking anyway. at you, I cannot believe you've been <laughs> in the industry for that long, If um, oh, for gosh. what it's worth. Oh, well, thank you. But yeah, so a long, long period of time. And I actually, I stumbled into recruiting way back. I was a couple years out of college and had no idea what I wanted to do when I, you know, quote, grew up. And I had a friend that I was talking to and they had just started their new job in a recruiting firm. So I was asking 
him um, at the time, you know, well, what do you do? Like, what does a recruiter do? And so he started to describe his day, how he was, you know, helping people find jobs and, you know, coaching people. And I thought, okay, well, that's something, I mean, because my degree was in psychology. Uh So I thought, well, that sounds like something I would like to do. So I ended up just, you know, um, applying for a a job posting. It was in the newspaper way back then, you know, for entry level, they'll train. And I knew the moment I went into the office, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm in my place. It was like the first time that I really had felt like I I kind of belonged. And I knew if I followed the process, because it was very process driven, Mm. I thought, okay, I can do this. (laughs) And so I started out in recruiting and just fell in love with it, kept, you know, kept at the same company and was promoted quickly to the manager. So I was managing a um, small team and helped them open up a new office and became pregnant with my first son. So at the time I thought, okay, I'm going to have this baby really quickly and I'll be back to work. You know, I wanted to be, you know, be independent and make my own money. And, um, long story short, you know, the first time I saw my son, I thought, Whoa, like my life has just changed for the better, but I don't want to leave him. And so when I first Mm -hmm. started my firm, it was more out of, I wanted to stay home and I wanted to be with him and also, you know, um, be successful in in a job that I really loved. So back then they didn't have, you know, tele, telework or, you know, really anything. We didn't have computers even back then. So it was very grassroots that I started my company. And it's funny because the same principles that I used way back when to create my company, it's really, it comes down to really the same things now. Hmm. It's really the basics that we'll talk about. Um, about hiring, because that's what, you know, I still do to this day is I work with small companies to large organizations, finding their hard to find talent in tech and HR. Mm -hmm. So that's what, you know, I did starting out. And that's what I I still do today. Although the, the landscape, you know, looks quite different now with the job market. That's amazing. I got a giggle because I was updating my LinkedIn profile yesterday Yeah, and I went back to my first job ever. I also worked at a recruiting agency for five years yeah. and I had a giggle because I was like, whoa, LinkedIn wasn't really a thing when I worked here. Like people were still faxing in their resumes because long and short of it, I started as an intern and I ended up like launching the first ever national recruiting model. Oh, wow. And it's just like... I'm aging myself as well, but like that wasn't a thing there. Like recruiting people in another state wasn't really common and wasn't a thing. And so I think I put like, um, virtual recruiting was, was just becoming a thing back then, dot, dot, dot wild times. And so it just kind of makes me giggle how it's just changed so much, even in, you know, the last 15 years, you know, that's how long I've been in um, doing this. And, um, it's wild to think of how it'll be in the next 15 years, but, um, I just wanted to say that cause it made me giggle when you said I know. you didn't even have computers. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny though, because it's all about like what we were just saying, the same things. It's about having conversations, asking mm-hmm. good questions, really identifying, you know, what does the right candidate look like and how do I find that person? Mm-hmm. You know, totally. So Yeah. So you're off doing your own thing, which kudos to you for being like the OG entrepreneur. Like that's amazing. And I can't even imagine how much more scary it was back then, or maybe not because you didn't know what you'd, I don't know. It probably maybe was the same, but kudos to you. Thank you. My question is, 
How long were you recruiting? How long did you have your business before you were like, whoa, I need to hire somebody to join my team internally? Like, do you remember that moment? Oh, yeah. Um, It took a good two or three years because um, I was building the business and it was it was very grassroots. It was only Mm -hmm. me. I was wearing every single hat imaginable, (laughs) including finding the business and then finding the, you know, finding the people. So, and I think to this day, it's really a good organic way if you are self-funded and if you are trying to organically grow your business to make sure that you don't hire too quickly, Mm -hmm. but to hire when you need to, not when you want to. And so for me back then, yeah, I didn't, you know, I was all self-funded and have always been self-funded. So for me, it was like, okay, how far can I go where I can just do it myself, where I can develop those processes and I know the system before I have to hire? And so for me, it was I got one very large account and that kept growing very, very quickly. Um, at the time, it was hiring like help desk, like tech support people sure. for an internet company. And they needed, I mean, it grew to be like a hundred people. So I had a hundred wow. people on my payroll. Um, so I knew at that point, like, there's no way if I need to, you know, keep this client, I need to hire. So I actually ended up hiring two people at the same time. And I think that that is a really good thing to do if you can do it and you have the budget to hire, depending on the position, obviously. But for me, I was hiring recruiters. And for me, you know, hiring two people, not only did you have to, you know, I could train at one time, those two individuals, Mm, yeah. but they also had, you know, there was that thing like, okay, well, if this person is, you know, moving along and progressing, I need to keep up. So they kind of challenged each other. That's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, definitely it was when, when I needed to, when I absolutely, I'm like, okay, I absolutely cannot do this by myself anymore. Yeah. So when you, when you were going through the, the, the shift of like, okay, I need, I need more people. I, I'm, I'm going to ask this question because I feel like I struggle with it a little bit. I struggle with sometimes feeling like I don't, I don't actually believe this thought. So I'm going to say that, but I, it goes through my head. Maybe that's a better way to put it that sometimes I'm like, Ugh there's just, nobody's going to be able to do it as good as me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the thought comes and I'm just going to be very honest that there's, it's really hard to find good recruiters and you could, there's a lot of recruiters and there's a lot of HR people. And I feel like I've met more, not great ones than great ones. And so it's jaded my perspective a little bit sometimes when I'm thinking about growing my team. And if I'm going to hire somebody that's going to basically replicate what I do, I'm like, oh, am I going to be able to find someone who can actually do it as good as me? And then I know the answer to that is yes, but it, it it takes some work to get there. So I guess my question to you is, did you struggle with that at all? Like, or did you know that you just, you need, you, you could find someone and train them? I'm curious if you had to go through that, that thought process at all. Yeah, that is such a good question, Jackie, because I did, I went through that for a really long time. <laughs> Um, part of it was I, I was, you know, a really good recruiter and that was all I was doing at the time. And so, mm-hmm. 
And of course, when it's your baby, you literally are like, okay, no one can take care of my baby like I can. So, so yeah, it was really hard. And I think it did hinder me a lot. And I was a, a perfectionist to a fault. And so the only thing that I can say is it almost takes practice to give up the reins and it it takes time, but you have to like keep telling yourself Mm -hmm. there's a reason why I need to delegate and have other people do part of this, you know, job and this role. And it's so that you can go do something else that's going to help move your business forward and quicker. So I think it's just a matter of remembering that. And it did. It took a very long time. When I did start to transition and delegate those tasks to other people, I started to step back a little bit. And when I did that over a period of time, it, it got to the point, and it's to the point right now, like I don't do any of the recruiting in my company. And I don't do a lot of the business development. I'm really working on the business, you know, managing and mentoring and, and growing, you know, the company and the brand. So I think the more removed you get from that task, you realize, you know what, there's actually people that are and can do it better. So right now I look at my team and I'm like, you guys do this way better than I am or ever could now. I know. And I also think, you know, recruiting technology, everything is so different. The way that Gen Z looks for jobs is so different than the way that Mm -hmm. we looked for jobs. And so it's like, I need to hire people who, who are, who know that, you know, it's like, you need to invest time into people who like, who, who are keeping up and excited. I shouldn't even say are keeping up, but are excited to learn some of the new trends and try stuff. Because if you don't bring new, new ways of thinking into the business, you're going to not, you're not going to be around for much longer. And so that's always another good thing I tell, or another reminder I tell myself, which I'm sure you do as well. Um, It's a thought that I tell myself. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And it's like, there's no secret formula. I think you just, you have to just remind yourself and, um, you know, be around people that are doing it too, that can give you that, that, nudge, like you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not always going to work out, but you have to, you know, be on that, yeah. on that road. For sure. And I love what you yeah. said about practice. I feel like the entire, everything about being a leader is being willing to practice because mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything right the first time. <laughs> right. Or the so, fifth time or <laughs> the 10th time. Right. Totally. <laughs> So you obviously were really good at hiring when you started hiring a team, which is great. What things did you notice once you had team, team members on that you were like, oh shit, I'm, I'm the leader. Like I'm the boss. Like I wasn't expecting that I was going to have to also do this or, or develop in this way. Are there any other areas of leadership that you really like showed up as like red, like right in your face of like, Hey, you got to work on this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. And I think that, you know, one of the most important hires I made, this was a a long time ago, it was probably 10 years ago. Um, But the company was getting to the point where I really like, you know, how you can be hard on yourself, you know, individually, and you also can be very aware of, okay, where, where are my gaps? Like, what do I like doing? And what am I not so great at doing? And they're usually the same things. Like the things that you like are usually tend to be the things that you're good at. Mm -hmm. And the things that you don't like doing are usually the ones that you're not really that great at because you don't want 
do it. <laughs> so totally. you want to practice and get better. So yeah. So I think that that was really important and just, you know, trying to hire people. Like one of the, the roles that I hired for was really that branch manager um, that could come in because there was someone that, you know, I knew that the gap in what I like to do was um, I don't like to micromanage and I don't really like the day-to-day management piece. You know, I like mm-hmm. leading my team, but I don't like doing, you know, a lot of the, the yeah. management or, you know, some of the um, firing, <laughs> those things. I, you know, I don't that, think most people enjoy that uh, yeah, piece. <laughs> yeah, right? No one likes to do that. So um, so I think for me, like knowing that and being, hi- you know, able to hire for someone that's, you know, could handle that and really enjoys doing the management, you know, and career mm-hmm. development for the team. It was one of the gaps that we had. So I think in growing, you just have to really know yourself, you know, and know, okay, where, when the time is right, what are the areas that I want to keep doing? And what are the areas that, you know, I could find someone that could actually do it better than me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, I know that something that's really important to you is, is helping to coach and mentor others and train others, especially, you know, recruiters who, who either want to do their own thing, or of course you've hired at one point, I think you told me that you had 17 recruiters on your team. So that probably involved a lot of training. Um, I'm curious if you have any best practices on what you found really worked well when you were onboarding new people to your team for training purposes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've tried different things over the years. So for recruiting specifically, and I think this could go for a lot of different industries as well. Sometimes when people first come in and they're they're new, so they're learning, you know, the learning curve is really, really great. So I have found that at, at some point we try to give them like the whole picture you know, from start to finish. And it would really get overwhelming for someone mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like yep. day one. I like, do that how to does people. The, yeah. <laughs> right. Cause you're so excited and you want to just give them like, you know, the whole thing. Right. So I think one of the things I learned over the years is we need to keep it really simple, you know, like how the phone works <laughs> or, you know, getting set up on the computer, like really, really have them know exactly what they are doing for that particular day for the week, what success looks like for, you know, the next two to three weeks and really give just enough leeway and vision that they can actually see that. Because if you're giving them like the whole entire picture, it it can be really overwhelming. So I found that the, the new recruits that we had, that we did do that, all that training, like two to three weeks before they ever even started, we had, um, you know, a higher turnover than we did when we kind of just went step by step and really mm-hmm. supported them along the way. And then all of a sudden they could look back and go, wow, like this really kind of, you know, I've come a long way over the last yeah. three months. Yeah. That's really great advice. And I think I don't want to gloss over to listeners that she said three months, <laughs> like it takes time for your new hire to get up mm-hmm. and running. And so how much time do you recommend in your business and do you recommend even to your clients, right? Like you're, you're placing people to go work at, with some of your clients. And I'm sure you, you get the call three days in so-and-so isn't working out and you're like, well, have you really given them time to, 
to yeah. succeed, how much time do you think it really takes for somebody to truly step in and 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 mm-hmm. make an impact, start to make a meaningful impact in their their role? Yeah, that's a, that's another good question. I think when I first started out um, hiring people my expectation was they were going to hit the ground running. <laughs> Even if they were new, I would, you know, give them a task. Over the years, you know, I've, I've changed and I've learned so much what it takes to really grow an employee and that this is like you're in it for the long haul. If you hire right, you have to give that time and space and each person is going to learn differently. Mm-hmm. And it also depends if they are coming from, you know, a brand new, this is a brand new role where they're learning everything, or if they already have, you know, prior yeah. skills and they're just learning your system and your process. So, um, you know, I would say for someone just moving from one position to another within different organizations, you know, two to three months is a good indication of, are they going to be able to meet the requirements and metrics. Um, but if someone's just starting from scratch, it, I mean, it really could take up to six months. Yeah, totally. Or, or longer. I mean, I've had recruiters, some of my best recruiters took, it was just, you know, different factors every time, but it might take them a little bit longer to actually, you know, make a placement. And, but they were That's doing right. all the things, you know, they were making the phone calls and making the connections and, they understood everything, but just everything wasn't connecting until yeah, yeah, you know, six months or so. So, do you have this? Leads me to another another thought or question: Is do you have any advice on things to look for? Like, it's probably. I guess I'll take it for recruiters since that's your experience. But like, what kind of things do you look for that show signs of 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 them? Um, learning and growing and, and that they're at least on the right track. Is there anything that stood out to you that could maybe be applicable to other industries as well? Yeah, I think, you know, this kind of brings up a point I was thinking of before a conversation. When you're trying to hire someone, sometimes, you know, I know I got so excited when I was talking to people about my company And then I would look back and go, I think I was more excited about the conversation than they were, you know? (laughs) So I look for people that are really passionate about what they want to do and what they have been doing and excitement for wanting to join my company. And usually if I see that, it's a good indication if they're excited, you know, and it's super passionate just in general, then they're going to be, you know, passionate and put in the work that it's going to take to, you know, to join us and be successful. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, if, if I get off a call or after an interview, I go, hmm, I, I think I'm like selling them rather than them selling me. You know, that's something yeah. that I look at pretty closely um, but I think, you know, for me and for the recruiting industry, you know, specifically since we're talking about that or really any sales organization or um, any position where someone's going to have to, you know, kind of think outside the box and be creative and take initiative, I really look for people that are proactive, you know, and follow up with me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I try to have casual, more casual conversations because I really want to get to know that person you know, um, and see how they react, you know, are they available? Like if I text them or call them, like how long does it take for them to return my call or text? Like just kind of little things 
mm-hmm. because you, I think like how, how excited are they going to be? Like how much do they want this position? Yeah. And that, that seems to have worked, worked for well. sure. It's such a fine line because I think sometimes at least for some of my more digital entrepreneur friends or online businesses that are pretty small, some of them forget that they that the people they're talking to or that apply to their jobs probably don't know who they are because you're so in it, right? You're like, oh my gosh, my business is awesome. Everyone knows me, you know, all these things. And it's this fine line of like, and you just learn it over time of like how much I need to share some information with them about my business so that they mm-hmm. get excited about it. Right. Um, and there's a, I, I like to do that a little bit at the beginning, give them just enough to like make them excited and then see what happens versus hopping on a call and being like, so why do you want to work here? And if they don't have a good answer, like immediately ruling them out. Cause I do think it's like, sometimes it's hard to find information about your company and, and, and why, why you're a great place to work. So it is this balance for sure. Definitely. Yeah. That you just got to walk a hundred percent. Definitely. So do you, so I love these tips. Um, and also cause I love picking other recruiters brains and, and first of all, I also want to share, like, I'm so grateful that you're so willing to have this conversation because I do feel like in the recruiting industry, it can get so cutthroat and so, I don't know, just not, people are not nice to one another. And it's just so refreshing when you meet fellow recruiters who believe in abundance and that there's more than enough to go around for everyone. So um, I'm so grateful you are that way. So thank you for that. Of course, of course. Um, But my question is, what other pro tips do you have in hiring that folks listening to this episode can start to implement into their hiring processes? Like what's worked for you and what are some like pro tips that you have? Yeah. I think one of the the best things that I started to do is to really make sure I get really good input from my team. Mm. So what we're doing currently and what we've done probably, I would say like the last probably two or three years is that I'll have, usually it works. I can go both ways. Sometimes I have my team actually talk to the, the candidates first and then I talk to them. But most recently I've had a conversation, you know, we'll have a conversation more casual, like I was talking about, just finding out what they're truly looking for, tell them about our organization to get them, you know, interested and excited, and then they can mm-hmm. do some more research. But then bring my team on. So I'll have them, we have a daily sprint meeting at 845, like every, every morning and Friday, it's at nine 30. So we do a zoom sprint and it's like 15 minutes, but you know, and at one point I even asked my team, I'm like, do you guys like doing this or should we do it? You know, we were contemplating, like, should we do it every other day? Like, is it necessary? And yeah, the consensus was actually like, no, we want to do it every day because it gives us accountability because my team's all remote. Um, so we, you know, we get on that sprint. So Long story short, when I do talk to a good candidate, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you our Zoom link and just come on at nine o'clock, you know, the next day. And I want you to meet my team. You can ask them any questions that you want. Like we're just an open book and they'll ask you questions too. So it'll, you know, basically it's a group interview, but it's more casual and Mm -hmm. we really gauge because one of the most important things is to make sure we're very collaborative. So my entire team needs to feel like thumbs up, like this is a good person, a good candidate Mm -hmm. that we want to work with every single day, you know, and have on our meetings and, you know, incorporate into our our finders family. 
So that has worked really well. That's a great tip because it also then lets the candidate get a view of what your culture is like, how you work Mm -hmm. together, and they'll either opt in or opt out, right? Um, I think that is a great, great tip. Yeah. And so they get to, you know, they can ask any questions. Do they sit on the whole meeting and hear like what everyone's working on or do you usually have them pop off? Yeah. I have them pop on after we get done. So from 845 to nine, we have our, our meeting and then they'll pop on at nine. And, um, yeah, they, we just go around. So each of my team members tells a little bit about themselves, how long they've been with the company. Um, and then, yeah. And they, they ask again, better questions than I would (laughs) because, you know, they want to ensure that's what they do all day long is they're recruiting and asking great Mm -hmm. questions and they'll ask questions that I didn't even, you know, think to ask, but are really important. So that's been, yeah, that's been huge. And then afterwards, yeah, if we don't, if one person's like, "Eh, I'm not really quite sure, then it's usually a no, because I don't want to, you know, change the team dynamic and just one person can really change, Mm -hmm. you know, the the good vibes and and good, good team that we have. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, that is an excellent tip. Do you have any others that are, that are in your back pocket that you use? You said passionate, excited. These are some of the things you, you know, does the person show that they're passionate? Do they follow up with you? I guess I want to dig in a little bit with that. Is it a deal breaker for you if they don't send a thank you note? I wouldn't say it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's a deal breaker. I have opinions on this, but I'm curious. Um, we always, when we send candidates to clients, I mean, we always coach them like a thank you note goes a long way. And I truly believe it does, I agree. you know, so much. Um, I'm trying to think if any of my hires didn't send a thank you note or some type of communication. And I'd have to say most of them, I think that we hire did. So I would yeah. highly recommend <laughs> totally. that is something still to this day. You know, sometimes people go, oh, that's so old school. But no. I feel like it's the younger it's generation not. that doesn't yeah. do it as often. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think like there's a world where they're massively, they're, they're applying for lots of jobs and getting ghosted a lot. And so I see, I can see why maybe they don't initially, but especially after you've had one or two and you're speaking with the owner, um, that that's a lot, right? You should, you, I think it's a good time to assess, like, it's a good thing to have in place that far along in the process for sure. But I have some clients who, who will rule them out immediately if they don't send a thank you note after the very first call. And I just don't know if that's the best approach, but so that's why I was curious your thoughts. Yeah. I will say though, I usually leave it in their hands. So I put kind of the power back to them after the interview and I have them, I, you know, I tell them just, you know, take, take some time, think it over. If it's something that you truly feel interested in and you feel this might be a good fit, then please reach out to me. You know, and I usually will give them a, you know, reach out to me tomorrow or reach out to me over the next couple days and let me know your Mm. thoughts and then we'll, we'll move, you know, we'll go to the next step. And that has been, I will say there's been candidates that haven't called me back, haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I never hear from them again. And so that's, that is a very easy way to gauge someone's interest. And also, are they following up? Like if uh, I've told people like, call me tomorrow or text me tomorrow or whatever. And if they call like two days later, then I'm like, mm, you know, that's yeah. probably yeah. a deal breaker, you know, yeah, for sure. So well, yeah. 
Awesome. <laughs> well, I think you've given listeners definitely some great tips of things that they can start to implement as well. So last thing I'm going to ask, and we kind of already touched on it, so it might be a duplicate question, but that's okay. Um, you know, the podcast is all is, oh shit, I'm the boss now. So I'd love to hear about an oh shit moment you had in your business when you realized that you were the one in charge. <laughs> mm, that's a good question. I would say, I mean, if I'm going back to when I first was like, oh gosh, and that's probably, I had a really great recruiter that, I mean, she was awesome. She was one of my top producers at the time and a situation came up where it, it was a deal breaker and it was something that I, like, there was no question I had to let her go. And that was really like, because you do take it personally, you know, as a business owner mm -hmm. and like what we talked about, it's like your baby and you get, you know, very like you get attached to your team and she was with me for a while. So I would say that was definitely, you know, and there's no one yeah. else that can do it. It's like, you have to be the one that has that difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was definitely, and still to this day, like I mentioned, I mean, like that's the, I, that's like the worst thing ever for me. hundred percent. So, yep. I agree. Uh, and I'm sure. But I, yeah. I will say after the conversation though, and you know, you're doing the right thing, the moment you do make that, it's always better to decide and do it. And then you do feel, you do feel like, okay, I, you know, I made the right decision and now it's time yeah. to move on, you know? Yeah. hundred so, percent. I think yeah. anyone listening to the show, can relate having either been in that situation or, um, appreciates hearing, um, that because that's, I think a fear people have when they, when they look to hire is like, well, what if it doesn't work out? Right. And mm -hmm. it's just part of it. It's what you yeah. signed up for <laughs> growing a team. <laughs> Well, thank yeah. you so much for all of your, your tips and tricks and insights into what it's like to have a business for 24 years. That's incredible and such a feat. Um, share with listeners how they can find out more about your business, your recruiting services. Um, and I guess a question would be, do you support clients all around the US or are you specific to one particular area? Yeah. So we do support clients across the country. I will say most of our clients have a tie to Arizona okay. or, you know, are physically in Arizona, but they also look for candidates across the country too. So the best way to find me at the finders would just be our website, which is the, we'll link it in the show in. notes. Yeah. 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 Um, or Instagram. I, yeah. I'm on there a lot and that's how you and I have been Corresponding, so it's amazing. on that a lot as well. And you have a podcast. I do, yeah, which I want to talk to you. You need to come on for sure. Yeah, I would but, love to. But um, it's called How to Pivot. So it's for, you know, candidates and people that are feeling like they're a bit stuck and they need to make some changes and need some tips and tricks and resources to help them really love what they're doing. So Amazing. That's been well, fun. So much gratitude for you doing that. I know there's so many people in the in the world that want to make a pivot and make a jump and no no one better to give them advice than somebody who has been helping people find jobs for um, you know, their whole career. So um that's a really exciting podcast and I'd love to be on the Thank show. You. Um, awesome. well, listeners, I think that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and 
Um, Sharon, thank you so much for being here. And I'm sure we will talk again soon. Sounds good, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Speaking of the power of people, I'd be honored to read your written review of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard and have suggestions on how to make this show more impactful, please show your support by taking a few minutes to let me know what you think. See you next time.